0: Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up, guys? In today's video, I'm gonna be wrapping up my rest of season rankings. So I've already gone through the running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. Now it's time to talk about the top 20 tight ends. And while you guys are watching this video, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know any fantasy football thoughts or questions down below in the comment section. I'll be responding to every single person. But let's just get right into it here starting off at number one and overall the tight end landscape just continues to be a mystery for fantasy football you know is the strategy to go out get one of these top guys because obviously kelsey has produced but i mean you had to spend a lot of draft capital to get him probably anywhere from a mid to late first round pick then you could argue do you want that second tier where you're looking at waller and kittle Well, George Kittle's kind of been a bust so far. Then you've got that third tier with Hawkinson, Andrews, and Pitts coming into the season. I'd say two of those guys have kind of lived up. Or do you just wait to get some of these late round guys? Obviously, some have hit, some have not. But the one guy who has remained constant here is Travis Kelsey at number one. There's no reason for him not to be here. Him and Tyreek Hill just get fed on that Chiefs offense. There's really no one else who's even close to as involved as those two players. So he should be a lock here at number one. Then at number two, I have Darren Waller. I was super excited about his usage after week one, 19 targets. Obviously I didn't think that was sustainable throughout the entire season. He has taken a little bit of a step back, but he is still the number one target on this Raiders team. And I think was still a solid pick for where he was drafted probably end of the second, early third round pick this year. Then at number three, this was honestly a little bit of a tough call here. I ended up keeping Kittle at the number three spot. I could totally see the argument for TJ Hawkinson being here. I ended up sticking with Kittle just because I do think there's some potential here. If Trey Lance takes over as the starting quarterback, that could kind of reignite George Kittle's value because we've seen basically four weeks of Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback, and he has been terrible for Kittle. He has been terrible for Brandon Ayuk. The only beneficiary of this has been Debo Samuel. So I'm going to keep Kittle at this three spot, but it is a very distant third from Waller and Kelsey. You know, coming into the season, you had Waller and Kittle probably going within like five picks of each other. That is a huge, huge difference now. And Kittle seems to be much closer to that Hawkinson-Andrews tier than he is to the Waller-Kelsey tier. And then at number four, I have the guy I just mentioned, TJ Hawkinson. Started out really hot first two weeks of the season week three and week four, he's cooled off a little bit, but I still like his usage. He's going to be the number one target on this team, probably competing with DeAndre Swift. And where you drafted him, you know, fifth, sixth round, I feel like you have to feel great about his start. At number five, I have Mark Andrews, and he's pretty much done exactly what I was expecting from him. I didn't really think he had that huge ceiling, just because this Ravens passing offense isn't one that's gonna throw the ball 35 plus times a game. I kind of thought he could have been the number one target. It looks like Marquise Brown still has that role, but he's just been very dependable and you drafted him in the same range as Hawkinson. So just a very safe play. You didn't have to spend a super high draft pick, but you still have someone that you just feel confident plugging into that tight end slot every single week and can give you some solid production. Then at number six, probably a guy taking one of the biggest jumps in my rankings, Rob Gronkowski. Right now he is dealing with a rib issue. He should be back in the next one, maybe two weeks. It's kind of tough to gauge with that injury. You know, there have been so many reports. First, it came out. There were no fractures. Nothing happened. Then it was kind of like, oh, he has four messed up ribs. He wasn't playing against the Patriots. Then it was, oh, his lung is punctured. Then Bruce Arian said it was just a little pinch. Whatever it is, I still expect him to be back in a week or two. He was not placed on IR. So I do think they're expecting him to return soon. And even if he is missing some time, I do think he just has a decent enough cushion above some of the tight ends behind him. When he's been on the field, he's been fantastic. I mean, there's just a clear difference in his play from last season to this year. Obviously having that year back in the NFL after having a year of rest has helped him out a ton. He's looked great. He's one of Brady's top targets. He's a major red zone threat. And on this top tier offense, when he's back on the field, he should continue to ball out moving forward, especially now that he is a total monopoly over that Buccaneers tight end room. Then at number seven, I have Noah Fant. I was not high on him coming into the season. He has definitely proved me wrong. I think it definitely helped him that Jerry Judy went down, but now he's, you know, one of the top one, two, three targets on the Broncos. You've got Sutton, Patrick, and Fant all involved there. This Broncos offense hasn't been great the last two weeks of the season, but Noah Fant has still been a very integral part of that offense and you drafted him as a late round guy, He is definitely one of those late round picks who has 100% hit for you guys. And number eight, I have Kyle Pitts and I could totally see an argument where he should be ranked lower. But if I'm just looking at Pitts, the talent is 100% there. And if we're looking at ceiling, his ceiling is just so much higher than a lot of the guys around him and behind him. He's had a fair amount of volume. He just hasn't really had any of those breakout performances has not been great at getting into the end zone. And the Falcons offense, you know, being subpar overall has definitely not helped him. I think he should continue to pick it up throughout the season. You know, rookies can start slow, even rookie wide receivers, guys like Justin Jefferson, first two weeks of the season last year, he struggled. Then he goes out, puts together a historic season. I'm not saying that's gonna happen with Pitts, but really the bar is not that high for you to be a mid-tier tight end one. And I think, you know, the ceiling is definitely there for him. After Pitts, I have Tyler Higbee here at number nine. I really love Higbee moving forward. He is an integral part of this Rams offense. And when you're looking at tight ends here, you want guys who are on good teams who are gonna be getting a decent amount of volume and are going to have that touchdown upside. Higbee checks every single one of those boxes. He is the clear monopoly over that tight end role on the Rams. Obviously in past years, he had been splitting it with Gerald Everett. So I think he's a very solid guy to have in your lineup. Moving forward, at number 10, I have at Dallas Goddard. And this Eagles tight end room has kind of been all over to start the season. From what I've gathered so far, I still think Dallas Goddard is the number one tight end. He's definitely gonna be splitting opportunities with Zach Gertz, which isn't ideal, but that's why he comes in here at number 10. This Eagles team you know, doesn't have an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position, which is why they rely so heavily on the tight end position. Here at number 11, I have Logan Thomas. And I feel like when he's healthy, he's probably in this range with Goddard and Higby and those guys. He is just dealing with an injury right now. So that's kind of an easy excuse to drop him below those guys if he's going to be missing a week or two, because I think when he's healthy, his production is going to be just right in there with those players. At number 12, I have Dawson Knox. He has had a great start to the season. Personally, I don't know if I'm banking on that to continue. I mean, I do know, I don't think he's going to continue this super hot start. You know, he's gotten to the end zone a ton. He is a solid red zone threat, but I think he's probably going to finish the season, you know, maybe eight touchdowns, definitely way off the pace he is currently at. You just have so many other weapons there that throughout this season, I think it's going to balance out more. And I just don't know if he has the volume of some of these guys I ranked ahead of him. Like I think at the end of the season, Higby, Goddard, Thomas are 100% going to have more targets then Dawson Knox, you know, barring lengthy injuries to any of those players, but still, you know, a top 12 tight end, a tight end one, a solid, you know, potential start moving forward. Then at number 13, I have Mike Gusecki, and he's a very tough guy to rank here because the difference between Gaseki when Tua is at quarterback and when Brissett is at quarterback is just so drastic. You know, after week one, Mike Gusecki did not even record a reception. He was a non-factor in that game. And then in Tua's second start in week two, before he got injured, Gasecki was still basically a non-factor. Then week three, week four, when Brissett takes over, Gaseki all of a sudden looks like the guy. Also, he's basically operating as a wide receiver. He takes so few snaps actually on the line as a tight end. So that's pretty solid for fantasy if he's getting that tight end designation, but basically operating as a wide receiver. But the thing is, is that when two is healthy, he's basically 100% going to be back into the starting lineup and that could just totally tank Mike Gusecki's value going forward. After Gusecki, I have Zach Ertz here at 14. I kind of mentioned him a little bit with Dallas Goddard. This is a kind of 1A, 1B situation here. Goddard being the 1A, Ertz being the 1B. He started off very slow, but it's definitely picked it up the last few weeks. He's gotten volume. He's gotten touchdown opportunities. So definitely a fringe tight end one moving forward. Then at number 15, I have Dalton Schultz. This may seem low to some people. He's had a very, very hot start to the season. I'm just not banking on this to continue. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere. You have a lot of other weapons on this team, especially when Gallup comes back, which should be fairly soon. He's still splitting snaps with Blake Jarwin. So I feel like, you know, he's had a great run. I just don't see this continuing throughout the rest of the season. At 16, I have Jared Cook, who is someone I've kind of been campaigning for throughout the season and in the off season. And he finally came through with his first big game here in week four on Monday Night Football. He looked solid. Do I think he's gonna do that every game? No, but this is what I was kind of getting at with these tight ends that you wanna look for. He's in a good offense. He can command a decent amount of volume and the touchdown upside is going to be there. This Chargers offense is going to be very effective. And even though you have guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Jared Cook is still going to be involved. After Cook, I have Tyler Conklin here, the tight end one for the Vikings. With Irv Smith out for the season, it looks like Conklin's going to be seeing a pretty solid role for the rest of the year. He's been one of the most targeted players on their team. They just have a very compact target share with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, whoever plays tight end. Obviously, it's normally Delvin Cook, but even when Cook was out, all the targets just went to Madison. And then you have KJ Osborne, and Tyler Conklin. So if you can almost guarantee that every single reception is going to go between five players on a good offense, then I feel like you have to feel good about Tyler Conklin if he's one of those guys. I don't think he has the ceiling of some of these other players who are like the number two, maybe even number three options on his team, but still a solid mid-tier tight end too, or in much deeper leagues, someone who you could totally see as a potential starter. At number 18, probably one of the biggest fallers in my rankings, it's Robert Tanyan. Coming into the season, there was the whole top two tiers of tight ends, where basically everyone kind of agreed. You had Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. Waller and Kittle kind of could have been flipped around. Most people viewed Waller as the better guy. And then you had that second tier with Hawkinson, Andrews, Pitts. Those guys could have been flipped around as well. But then after that, it was basically just all over the place. Late round tight ends, everyone liked someone different. And for me at that number seven slot, I liked Robert Tanyan. He was very touchdown dependent in 2020. But if you're just looking at this Packers roster, they kind of need someone to step in and be the number one target. I thought Tanyan could have taken that jump. He has not. There really hasn't been a wide receiver two who has emerged for the Packers. And so at this point, Tanyan is just too risky. He's not someone I trust in my lineup. I definitely had him in at least a few leagues. I've either traded for a different guy, picked up someone off of waivers, or just straight up released Tanyan in like 10 team leagues. It just doesn't look like the consistency or volume is going to be there. And then we are here at number 19 and number 20, and it is going to be the New England Patriots stack here with Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. And I could see the argument that these guys should be higher. When we look back at the season, They're both probably gonna be in like the tight end 15 range. The issue is there's just no ceiling. I don't think there's a lot of consistency and I just don't trust this Patriots offense to be feeding all these weapons. They don't even have these top tier weapons, but you've got Jacoby Myers, you've got Kendrick Bourne, you've got Nelson Aguilar. You have to be feeding these tight ends. Brandon Bolden's gonna be getting involved out of the backfield. And this isn't an offense that's throwing the ball, you know, 35 plus times a game or throwing for 300 yards every single game. They're gonna be a team that relies on defense. There's not gonna be a lot of touchdown opportunities. And just on a week to week basis, I don't want either of those guys in my lineup. So that is gonna wrap up my top 20 rest of season tight end rankings. If you guys enjoyed the content, please just do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts or questions down below in the comment section. Go check out my other rest of season rankings. But thank you for stopping by and I'll see you next time.